developers say sorry about all that, but here's patch 14. If you're an infantryman, you're liking the new TTK. If you're a tanker, well, you're still stuck out in the cold. The developers also gave us some thought nuggets about where they see the uh, meta heading to and a new scoring system. We're going to challenge your knowledge about smoke and its deployment on the battlefield. And finally, we're interviewing two of the training camp's original OGs, Abinus and Godsend, and get their thoughts and their insights into the community, where it's going, because after all, this is hell. Let's talk. And uh, we are back from uh, episode dig- uh, zero, Digi. Welcome, buddy. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thanks for coming back. This is episode two. Is yeah, that we, what we, we worked it out to be? This is technically episode one because we had the pilot, so we didn't quite uh, count but, that uh, one, Let's but... be honest, though. I think we fucking crushed it. We're just going to settle <laughs> that score right now. This is number two. <laughs> We are keeping this rolling along, and I couldn't be happier to be back. I, you know, I love you guys, the community. You're really, you know, pouring the hearts and and effort into this. Thanks to everybody in the background that making this show possible. I think this is just a really good platform altogether. So, it's two. It's well, number two. And, and that's fair, fair. And, and I think production. We, we we officially kind of started something. You're already ahead of me. Uh, cheers. Prost. Und noch ein klein? Na gut, Prost. Uh, for those that, uh, I got myself a little uh, spiked uh, eggnog here, and you can notice uh, I have got my warm fireplace here, you know, nice nice and toasty here uh, on a Christmas season. But this is our Christmas episode, and uh, if you didn't catch the last episode, definitely go back to the uh, check it out, uh, introduction to Digi and myself. We're not going to recap that here. We're going we're gonna to just push right forward into uh, all the stuff we got uh, for you this episode. So, uh, but with that said, definitely check out the YouTube link. We have a Twitter account. Hopefully you're catching this live via one notification system. We're going to keep this going, as Digi said. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I had on this, I had the show notes. Uh, I feel humble by everything that uh, the community was able to come back to us on. I think at this time we're over 800 views on our pilot slash episode one. Uh, show uh, a lot of engagement with the community. The, the live chat was awesome, uh, bringing us live questions. Um, I'm humbled by that. And I'm also humbled here to be joined by the uh, Canadian commander or the cunning commander from Canada, Digi Shadow himself. So you, you're uh, too kind with those words and you say them too often. Uh, well, where the fuck are you? You're in like some uh, mega mansion there with that fireplace going on. What the hell's going on with you? Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, the beauty of a green screen here. I cut this tree down with my bare hands uh, last weekend. <laughs> and I, I, you know, we were in, we were in pre-show here, and uh, uh, if there isn't anything that's more Canadian, last episode you had the moose antlers. Now you're throwing still in like, got a flannel baby. shirt. Still got it, baby. You know, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, what, what have you been up to since uh, the last episode there, did you? Oh, you know, just kind of jogging around, working through some stuff. I, you know, I've been trying to play as the pre pre fix patch and then a lot of after patch and then, you know, just staying healthy. It's, it's been a weird, funky winter out in Western Canada. I got to say, um, you know, really enjoying the sunshine that should be snow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Here, here in East Tennessee, uh, you know, we, we get a little bit of the volunteer state, if you will. 
Uh, we got we got some rain, but really in game, uh, I've I've had the pleasure of being able to jump into two organized matches. Uh, one against the uh, Fighting Fury uh, Furries from the United Kingdom. Actually, we jumped in the commander role. FFUK. With them. That FFUK was a hell of a game. That was, and you know what I liked about it was like their Christmas Invitational. Uh, <laughs> they said, "Hey, Inchon, you want to command?" I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'll command." They're like, "Okay, uh, third of your team is going to be French players." Uh, so that was <laughs> that really kind of got that seasonal uh, festive. Uh, see, but uh, it was really good to kind of put together, see the first competitive uh, match we've had since Update Eight, and really the impact of what trucks you know had to that in supply chains and fortifications. Uh, and then what yesterday, Digi, uh, you got to be squad leading on uh, the against the Australians. I did. Those Aussies, they know how to throw a good punch and a good party. I tell you, you know, we had a real good time. HLTC, the training camp was taking on multiple clans um, that focused around Australian country. I think there was a bunch. So a few HFK, uh, the Heavy D server list. Like there was just a ton of good players that they have. And I'm really looking forward to them stepping up to that competitive level because I think they have a lot to offer. Um, you know, it was, we played several games. I was there for the first one, but man, was it a pleasure to play squad lead against such a fine team. Well, and, and, you know, it was, to me, it was interesting to see how the meta changed. We're going to dive into that. You know, um, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but you know, Digi and I, and the rest of the production team, Dash 30, Mori, Junko, 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 when we're trying to find, you know, and see what are we going to talk about on next episode? We, we got so many ideas, but what are we going to talk about? we come across, you know, some things that really make us excited. Really like, dude, we got to talk about this. And then we come across some things that, well, just, just shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be applied. But, uh, and we, we were going to start this uh, segment here, uh, our hero and zero post. So let's go ahead, uh, move into what our hero post is of the week. Digi? Well, all right. So the hero post of the week, uh, is posted in by Cuppy Z Duppy. Clever man. Uh, he's in proposing this hexagonal grid system, and it's intended to following solution to fix kind of how some static lines are just drawn. You know, it's just all grid squares. It's all north and south and east very, and west. Very, and British. very, very, uh, very British. Very, very gridded. Um, <laughs> and this kind of, this dynamic of hexagonal and stuff allows for a little bit more of a dynamic gameplay. Let's, you know, let's bring it back to some, some push and flow. Um, so it's going to it prevent... The return of the ninja garrisons. I mean, the main point he's trying to get across is you got to capture all to re to win the game, and it'll give two score points for each uh, each location captured. You play across the map, but you're not gonna be going from one top point to the next top point, right? It's just yeah. you're not meeting slug in the middle. You've actually got some weave and and play uh, with this system. It's really interesting that allows you to capture small sections of map can be used to build garrisons and flank the enemies. Um, just as you think in, in the real world how it might actually set up the command post, and we move from that. Yeah, uh, so They I, give I, one I, score point for each of these uh, sections that are captured, as you can see on the map uh, provided. Yep. And, you know, we're not necessarily going to dive into it here, but if you get a chance, it's going to be down in the show notes. Check it out. This is the thought process. Check this it is out. Part of, Very this is interesting part of the community. concept here. And yeah, this has earned our hero post of the week. Uh, congrats to Cuppy Z Duppy with some brilliant thinking on this. We'll, we might have to get Maury to put in some post-production, like a little stamp or certificate, you know, boom, boom. So uh, for, speaking of that, if you're watching the show live and you did not check out the YouTube video, uh, Maury, our post-production guru, uh, you know, he, he's not on the show, but he definitely interjects those, his little personality into it on the YouTube 
YouTube channel, which we love. So check that out if you didn't do it. But let's move on to, well, if there's a hero, there's gotta, gotta be a zero. And uh, our zero post, now we're not gonna name shame. We're not gonna give a source. All we're gonna say is on December 19th at 20, you know, at uh, 150, uh, 57 Eastern, a post was made to, to the developers suggesting that we go to a ticket system. There is maybe not a more sh you know head shake moment. Thank you, Digi. Digi, I I think uh, I, is there some way that we can maybe get a little bit extra pizzazz? You got something that maybe you know? Shame. Thank you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> no tickets. No, no tickets. tickets. Please, <laughs> let's not make that into. Uh, an element where games could finish in 30 minutes when you got a full team of killers stacked on the other side. Let's play the game how it was made to be played with a little bit more pizzazz. Yep, yep. And I, I think one of the best things is if you ever play with a new player, especially if they're coming from Battlefield, they're like, so where's the tickets? And you're like, it's not here. Welcome to the promised but look, land. But look at the munitions. They're all decreasing. The manpower is going down. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so that 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 gets our zero post of the week. Uh, but let's let's move into the actual news here. Um, to the news. But, to the news. So uh, we had a, a couple dev briefs. Uh, the, I think the most prominent one was uh, poach, uh, post post. Oh, sorry, patch fourteen uh, came out post update eight. Uh, it was uh, posted here. Uh, Digi, uh, you want to kind of go into, I mean, I know you got a lot of play on this one. Uh, uh where, where, yeah. What did, what, what did the patch 14 give us? It was a very, very, very needed patch. Um, you know, they, 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 they had to push it back. In fact, they found one glitch in that it was like 99% there supposed to come on Wednesday, bumped it another day, but it couldn't have come any sooner. It fixed a lot of the grievances that we saw with the new update. Uh, and well, let's just dive right into the big one. T T K time to kill. Oh boy. Did that get a lot of fire, um, taking away some of the killers ability to do what they want to do in this game. And, um, Thank you, devs, for bringing back some hit integrity. Um, it's still not going to stop me from saying, well, what the fuck? I, I definitely got that guy. But <laughs> that is definitely less noticeable than it was right after the patch. Um, somehow, I've definitely noticed a lot more headshots becoming the norm um, after this patch, which it could tie back to some of the 8, eight uh, recoil bump up. Um, and to dive in through that, the damage drop off at various ranges have been reduced. And they have lowered semi-automatic recoil down from the unrealistic moonshots you get on consecutive shooting, um, which is you just you didn't like that, that much more enjoyable. Uh, that's oh, that's well, the way that I fire in real life. I don't, I don't yeah. know about you. <laughs> just put it close, right? But uh, now that TTK is back to norm, that first hit on the chest and anywhere that's a kill shot, more real realistic. It's back to authenticity. Um, really appreciate that that's kind of given some better thoughts, especially the arm shots. They're no longer the bullet sponges, and everybody's wearing the steel gauntlets, right, on the German side. That's That's been kind of re significantly reduced, and it's it's just brought the game back to where, uh, you know, everybody was enjoying what they were doing with that. The other things that they brought in result was fixes for collisions on things that shouldn't. Everybody has seen that post on the, the iron grass 
that uh, you could not <laughs> shoot through the hitboxes that were just unbreakable through objects like grass, right? <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. that that's been that's been fixed for a majority of the maps. I, I you know, I did I, find I did I find found a leave. I found yeah, I found a leave found on a tree uh, yes. that was a artillery battery on Saint Marigolese northeast. And, and, and you, you don't realize how much you notice one leave until it just completely like, and ruins your fucking advance yes it's my immersion, <laughs> my immersion as we could dive back at uh, uh really it's 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 a, such a annoying thing and uh, they've been working hard to get those hitboxes back to proper levels so you won't be blocked by uh, a, a strong leaf in the wind um another thing that uh really got me going mid-game you know you'd finish out a game or you'd just be playing midway through bypass server queue not allowed boom hits you right in the face um and just stops any kind of real good feeling you had about any particular situation maybe you just came off a great win and you're like i want to run it back can't do servers crashed um so this patch has been addressing that uh, latest update that has really just brought a lot of havoc and keeping a, a server you've been enjoying playing with uh, going in, in, in perpetuity. Like, I mean, it just, it would just shut everything down and you'd have to jump back in or jump into another server. And it, yeah. it just really killed the flow. The other thing that really got fixed was the super grainy and sharp broken AA. Or as they say, community feedback is still mixed. Um, it's just kind of getting touch and go they're really starting to polish up a lot of things and getting that engagement back with the community on on specific things to that effect so aa is being touched on a lot yeah well. oh, what didn't get it involved uh in sean i don't know like what's still lingering uh and, and putting just a bad damper on the game at the moment well i think i think if you're playing armor if you enjoy this game or is armor play patch 14 did nothing for you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and and i didn't wind up uh, getting it into the show because we were just there was just so much content um but uh c-dub a couple others actually put out a player survey and uh, we start to see a couple little uh, tidbits of information that come out of it and armor play is not uh, a large percentage of the, what people enjoy it's mainly infantry so if they were going to choose, you know, do I focus on TTK or to focus on armor? Ideally, we would have liked both. But armor players, yeah, it just this did nothing for you. All the penetrations issues, just it, it's, it's going to come later. Um, hopefully. <laughs> they got, they're going to have to fix it. Uh, if you do not use Discord, if you are a player that just likes to go on, meet some new players, and interact with them on voiceover IP, this patch probably didn't help you too much either. You know, and, uh, you know, they, they stayed in here. Uh, we are watching this closely and have maybe one or two bugs to fix. And, you know, we're kind of noticing the theme with a lot of these uh, uh, patch notes is it's not just one thing that's leading to the issue. It's a variety of things to set up. And that's that's one reason why we uh, for me, uh, I'm OK with understanding a little bit more on a PC game because everybody's got so much variation. This isn't a console game where everybody just plays on one hardware, one setup. Uh, but if your voice, if your voice over IP isn't working, um, join a clan, get in Discord. I don't know. <laughs> so many great communities out there. If you if mm -hmm. you're jumping through this stream, honestly, I, we could recommend uh, for days. Um, there's so many good places to come in, and you know everybody's open arms. You know, yep. there's there's no problem with that. To say the very least, 
HLL, one of the better communities out there um, as far as outreach and getting involved with like the larger scene. It's awesome. Indeed. Uh, if you are noticing you're spawning in a grassy field or a wheat, a wheat field, wheat, wheat, the cool whip. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe you notice a little bit of improvement. Uh, I've noticed areas where I'm like, whoa, wow, this area is fixed, and then I've noticed others where it's just like a fax machine loading in my wheat field. <laughs> you know, it's just still sound strategy. Get your outpost down in those wheat fields until that gets fixed, baby. You're seeing for days. See, oh, and, and, yeah, and I feel, be <laughs> I feel a little guilty. I feel a little guilty. Do you feel guilty? Do you? I feel a little guilty. Like because you spawn in, you're like, hey, that guy's in the middle of an open field. Pop, oh, and then all this wheat appears. So, mm. yeah, I feel. I, it's not like I'm not going to take the shot. Let's be honest. I'm going to take the shot. Come on. But I feel. I, but I feel guilty. Uh, and, and finally, you had a lot of things where, uh, and even I, I, I think. There's a lot of us going through the maps and like, whoa, they changed this. Oh, look at this. This building's not here now. Uh, I, I know one that stood out for me uh, this uh, weekend when playing was a checkpoint down south on uh, St. Mary Glees. A uh, decent amount of changes to checkpoint, um, both on the road and then actually west of the point. Uh, added a few buildings there, bunk, kind of a trench system. Um, that's not reflected on the map. So, uh, syncing in-game features with in-game map, uh, that still hasn't happened on, of someone's, um, so, uh, I mean, all things said and done, uh, update eight got a lot of reaction. There was a lot of community reaction from it. Patch 14 came out and I think it kind of just breathed a sigh of relief. Uh, Digi, what's your overall take on patch 14? It brought back uh, some of the best elements. There's still some things that need to be addressed, as everybody still knows. Um, I, I, I really think bringing the TTK back to what it was was a hotbed of a lot of aggression. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, so much conflict out of something so simple. So seeing that one get fixed for me is huge because I love the gunplay. And that's what makes the game to me is that infantry um, component. But there's still some things that need to be touched on. Um, yeah. Update 8 brought on a whole lot of changes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, until we can finally work through, we're going to have to literally go down the list and, and see, well, how did that alter stuff? And is it for the better? Or did it really need, does it still continue to need some tweaking? So yeah. we'll see. And I, and through I, time. Think, I think ultimately uh, Update 8 and Patch 14 gave us a, a two-step forward, one-step back type of uh, system. Um, Walking which, on sand up a mountain, baby. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I think update eight will be remembered for the buildables, remembered for the trucks, not remembered for the TTK or whatever the issue. The, but there's there's these ongoing issues that came from, or let me say, ongoing changes that came from uh, update seven that update eight didn't address, which I think was interesting because immediately after they post patch fourteen. They go, we should probably talk about the meta because update seven changed the meta pretty significantly, uh, specifically uh, on where you can spawn. So uh, we got into uh, Debrief 107 here. Uh, Digi, last episode, you said meta, meta, meta. It's all about the meta. I, you, you know, ring your cowbell again. Uh, you know, we got some metal co meta conversations going. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and uh, kind of kick us off here uh, and uh, about, you know, what's in here or you know, maybe kind of maybe you want to address the term ninja garrisons for those that don't know. Oh, boy, the old ninja garrisons, the stealthy game killers. Ah, geez. Red zone garrisons, also known as the ninja garrison, as they are currently implemented. 
were implemented. Uh, three root issues out of that was it was so easy, and it still is, still very much is, um, to find that seam in a defense. Because, well, at any given game, there's only maybe one, maybe two squads floating around. And sometimes people get a little boxed in. Um, to establish basically a portal with these garrisons that they would slip in behind and the teams without any map control not playing an active defense, that was just the nail on any given point because you'd have a massive wave of flooding in. You know, hit the redeploy, hit the redeploy. <laughs> I just, I still have that ringing through my ears when that was, that was the meta. Um, number two, these portals just allowed squads who did not really earn that point of the map to suddenly appear uh, like a Star Trek transporter just beam, beam, and mass. And, yeah, Scotty, and go just, ahead and beam squads two, three, four, five, and six to squad one's location. Yeah. I Again, I still hear the ringing of redeploy, redeploy, redeploy. We got the garrison. You know, that, that, that is, was so ingrained pre-update 7 that it was just, it was bonkers how that was the, the strat. Um, you know, the third thing it was that this portal was just persistent, and it really just flipped those dynamic lines immediately. And so, as opposed to a gradual thing, it was just spontaneous. Uh, oh fuck, you know, like the defense would be calling, screaming over the command chat, like there, you know, and that was that was literally just it would just swarm and wait. The depths, not to speak on what they do and don't want, but we can get some pretty good clues as to like their impressions and where they see the game developing. They want the frontline combat and the attack to be telegraphed, right? Nothing so wishy-washy, bam, it happened. It's it's more of like, hey, we meet on, and the line shifts one way, yep. and it might shift the other way, right? That makes a lot of sense in practicality terms. It's a lot more fun for players to get into the fight, know where the line is, and not have to be flipping to some secretive spot, right? And, and just swarming from the backside and taking out a squad that was defending, and and then we move on, do that again yeah. to the next. And point, I think right? I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize that they stayed in here is the telegraph. You know, if you think about, it, there's a lot of people like, well, if they didn't want ninja garrisons, then why they put in airheads? You know, the default, you know. <laughs> my wife's tone when I talk. You know, oh, I'm God. Just well, husband. even and but, how many games have we played and we've dropped the airhead and then you get maybe two non-squad leaders spot out of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I, I think it's been broken to the sense airheads make a little bit of sense just in kind of like the weakness because they can now be taken down. You don't have to have a, a puppy guard. Which everybody corrected me on the last episode. I appreciate yes. it. Yes. <laughs> but slam him. Continue to slam him. I think the, what's unique about the airhead is that they they held title to they wanted to be telegraphed as much as you know sometimes we don't well, have faith in are our you fellow. telling me this red parachute with a box falling down <laughs> isn't uh, super visible yeah. come on as much as much as we sometimes lack or lose faith in our fellow hell, hell at loose players on the battlefield um, they're not that bad that they don't realize that something's dropping from the sky that kind of telegraphing is key and when you go later down in the post they talk about a half track a visual or you know some type of user interface engagement that says huh something bad might be happening over there you know yeah right you get a little little warning before the storm actually hits and it's that element i mean i think at this point everybody has their favorite airhead spot um on every map and you know you, you when you when the moment's right you use it right it's still in a use it or lose it mindset even with all the additional nodes you might not get all those nodes and you still might get forced to just two, maybe just one airhead 
per game. And it's yep. just being vital and knowing when and where to drop that is, is, is still critical as to, hey, just sneak in the line. Well, so you had the airhead, but nothing, I mean, what actually wound up changing, did you? I, I think we just wound up seeing more stagnant matches. I mean, I'm an American. I, I'm an unpologetic American. You, you tell me a soccer score of 0-1 or a football score, American football, of, you know, 28 to 35. Dude, I'm engaged with the 28 to 35. I like the back and forth. You know, give me that type deal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the developers came out and said, uh, you know, they, they, they don't want the stagnation. So they, yeah, they, they don't want a tactic of, hey, let's take the midpoint and hold. That is presently the mindset of a lot of people, myself included, veteran players is, well, you only need the midpoint to win. So why not just build everything up that gives you that strongest PowerPoint. They gave you the tools to do the job now with those yeah. bunkers. That you, oh my god, those level three bunkers are amazing to shoot out of. Um, you know, it's just that that kind of like stagnation can still be present with some of the things they brought in, and the elements that they don't want it to ultimately become that. I mean, the intended design for garrisons is such that a team can place one in order to support an attacker defense, but they're not the key instrument in the attack. It's those outposts, baby. That's what it's all about: is getting those outposts advanced securing them and continue to push forward so where can we find that balance well, line where it's too much or too less um for an offensive versus a defensive right yeah and i think i think the challenge is you know the the the, the fall or what the kind of gap is they pu actually pulled up this great image in the dev brief so this is foy americans uh coming from the south germans coming from the north the germans have Always, unless you just really have messed it up, Germans are going to get Southern Edge every single time because the cap circle is so much closer to the spawn. So now you have an American force trying to come up, but because the way that this map is situated, they can't get, they have to, you know, go, you know, four or 500 meters to be able to get even an influence into the area. And if you lose an outpost, this turns into a games of, you know, shoots and ladders, if you will. You know, oh, we made a mistake. Let's slide all the way back. You're not able to actually build up the supply line. So what they what they proposed is a few changes. And I, I think uh, what's, you know, you've, we've read it a few times. Uh, probably the best way to kind of show what these changes are uh, is to go to our handy dandy little tool strat sketch. So here's the development image right here. But let's actually go back a little bit. This is previously what you could do in Update 6, for those that have recently come up to the game. In Update 6, uh, you could actually build garrisons anywhere on the 5 or 6 line and actually get around Southern Edge and be able to get in tide and you know, attack from different ways. And effectively, like right now, you see this concentration here of OPs is essentially a garrison. Uh, but if one person runs in, just goes last of the Mohican style, and just goes, he's going to take out all those P OPs and you got shoots and ladders going on. Uh, Garrison allowed a little bit firmer of a grasp for that. Um, now let's get back to where we are at the current version, right back there, anywhere in the red. You know, you're not going to be able to build these garrisons. So if I go back here to this, uh, you got, you know, maybe six garrisons, you know, three acting as offense, three acting as defense. Maybe you could say this, these two specifically and a flanking garrison support that allowed the squad to go. We're going to start here. We're going to move on up and we're going to come in the side. And if we lose this garrison, we can fall back to this one. And I think that's what a lot of people enjoyed about update six that kind of got taken away with seven. So they go, Hey, we hear you. Here's our idea. So it gets to this one. 
And I actually like uh, the first part where they said, we want to make it to where around the circle, 250 meters, you can't put a garrison. Just a complete circle radius around the earth diameter, uh, around the circle. I like that. And we're going to go ahead and you, you know, we see a lot of this right now with the developers. We're going to try one extreme and then we're going to come back to the midpoint and see what we got. This is another one of those midpoint examples. Hey, we're not going to go all the way to update six and give you the five and six line on this map. We'll give you the six line, lock the five line and any of the zone, the active cap zone, you won't be able to put in either. So what this means is since Southern Edge is right here on the middle, these four squares are locked. I... As I look at this on FOI, I'm not actually getting that big of a view. This is going to help us so much more. I mean, yeah, it's going to be out here, but I it think doesn't give even... you the full package that is really, I mean, it, the way it's designed, you, you really have to cross your fingers and toes. You've got fuel and you've got good tankers. I mean, especially yeah. FOI. Oh my gosh, this FOI ever a tank map. That is the crucial component that's going to have to drag into this game. But are you going to get that every match? No. Yeah. So why so, you got to hamstring it down to the simplicity of like, well, you got you got to have this, or if you don't, well, good luck. You yeah. know, I, I, there's a lot of components that push and play at all this stuff, and I, I think bring back dynamics. Ah, well, can't and I think that enough. A lot of us are going to look at FOI. I think there's also some maps and. Uh, we're going to quickly try to switch this around real quick here. And I want to pull up Hill 400. Mm-hmm. A non-tank map, yes. A, yeah, a non-tank map. Because uh, you know, a lot of us are going to look at this. And I want to take the devs brief in their proposal and slap it on probably one of the most misunderstood points in this entire oh, game. Oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Southern approach <laughs> on Hill 400. You know, if you... Farthest <laughs> northern placement of any... On any oh, map, it's, it's on the line. It's in the middle, right? It's yep. it's, it's and, just gross. <laughs> and I don't know how many times you're going to try to convince people that fighting on the six line does not influence southern approach. But here's what this 250 meter actually does. So the active sectors are your seven and eight. The inactive are your six, but it actually overlaps. And granted, these circles are my best estimate of what 250 meters are. So don't if you're zooming in to try to say like, oh, that bunker is going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah get your own stretch catch but <laughs> it's actually going to kind of blip, uh, push it out a little bit and the more that i think about this the more that i actually say you know what maybe let's make it down a little bit more simple let's just get rid of active sectors and just make the cap zone 250 meters one big circle you know it's very easily recognized the defenders know they actually have to defend all that area instead of just that little point and it get a more active defense. And when maps like this, points like this, I think it actually is going to work a little bit better. Um, oh, also, yeah, You're going to get you know. more dynamic involvement with, uh, you know, offense and defense. You're going to have the wraparounds. But the big thing is now you're going to, everybody, you know, everybody and their mom says two defensive squads is the standard, right? Yep. Well, now you got two defensive squads, maybe an extra third with this kind of concept, and they're floating, right? They're not bunkered up in the strong point. Please don't play that defense. Don't be static. Be very dynamic. That's almost got to kind of push that idea that, hey, we should be flowing around. We should be moving because they could go a full 360 wrap around. And then what do we do? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's what that was one part. One part of Dev uh, Brief 107. The other one that uh, we uh, didn't quite uh, get to, they kind of snuck there in the second half was something I don't think the community was even. 
thinking about or saying was issue is let's change the victory condition. Mm -hmm. So if you if you if you if you looked at the map and stopped there, I highly suggest on this post you scroll just a little bit further down and uh, get into uh, what we're talking about: win and loss scoring. And um, you know, I think a lot of us here said, "Hey." How many times do I got to reread this before I finally figure out what they're, you know, what this is going to be? Uh, so, I, let me before we jump jump into that. Digi, what's your thoughts about going from a map control victory condition to a score based condition? Because the way they presented it here was, oh well, you're going to be able to tell if one team wins a lot more or just wins a little more. But that's actually not the full implications of it. Oh, boy. Well, where to dive at that? I mean, that is a great question. And the element, I've lost uh, track of how many games I've lost in the final 10 minutes with a map control setup that they currently have and the static line says drawn. You cap that middle point, it's over, baby. It's done. It's, it's, that's, that's the game and its components right now. If you if your team falls asleep in the final stretches, you're you're almost you're on third base, right? Yep. You see home. You know, pitcher throws a wild pitch, and you know, you get caught up because the catcher grabs it off the back wall, tags you out, that's it. You're done. I mean, that happens so frequently uh in especially publics, and you can see it in some competitive match to play, that in the last 15 minutes, you're gonna see the game basically won or lost within uh, you know a span of a minute too. It's amazing how fast that can happen. You realize, oh shit, that's it. <laughs> womp womp. Great development, yeah, and it's a it's a big womp womp, a big oof. Um, and, you know, you 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 fought it for right. You know, whether you got it in the first five minutes or you got it in the last twenty minutes, that midpoint was yours, right? That, that yep. win was almost assured. But by all means, you just faced an overcoming challenge of tanks, perfect bombing runs, squads that just went un, un, untouched, uh, and you've, you've just lost it, right? So that is a big gripe that we have with the current static play, where it's just developed around, hey, hold this point till the end of the time. Yeah, well, you, and I think... you couldn't push into a 5-0 victory, hey, just hold that point. Right? Yeah, and I think, I think what, we also kind of got to look a little bit at the... What is the motivation behind changing this? Because I haven't seen any buzz uh, of people talking about it. In fact, go back to our zero moment. You talk about it, you know, a ticket system. You know, there's almost there's a revolt against you know a different win mechanism. At least Tear that we had with stick. Exactly. Let's put it put in that mindset. If you beat the player in, you're gonna lose the player. Yep. So so we have to go back uh, to me. I like to think about okay, what's their motivation behind this? And I think what it gets to is they want to make the hell let loose organized slash competitive. And I think there's two different two distinctions there. You can have an organized play of just highlighting two teams going against each other, or you can have a straight competition system, which they actually said, hey, this is really going to be a tool that can help you do that. I think that if we are going to be getting into the esports, and I think Abin is here later, especially with his uh, new dream job, is going to have great insight on this. But um, Abin is who? If you, Abin is who? Uh, the 
anything that you set up for an organized or league system has to be implemented in the entire game. And the reason why I say that is if you want the average viewer, the guy that just, hey, I like this game, but I want to see how the top echelon of players view it. And he turns into, you know, turns onto that channel or watches that video and doesn't recognize the game that is being played. It's not relatable to him. And suddenly he's, it's, it's not relatable. It's not entertaining. He's going to turn it off. And it, that desire to highlight that is going to be lost. So the question now comes, do we want this for both, you know, organized play and, and team play? Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I put this on here. This uh, I made a little quick uh, Excel spreadsheet, which I'll make available uh, after the show here. Uh, but this is actually uh, what they uh, what they kind of uh, been at, Ooh, go through. Ah. Yeah, I know here. So they, they, you know, they color put, coordination. <laughs> they, they put they put the series out here. You know, hey, the map starts. They take the third point. They they get one. They lose the third point. Then they lose. Get pushed back to the second one. The team one here has zero points in there. Everyone's gets back. Now they start to gain momentum. They regain the second. They regain. They take the third. They take the fourth. Finally, they take the fifth. Instead of just a you know five zero victory. Well, now we can show that one team actually got some cap progress. That got three points, and the other team clearly wound gained eight points. But let's have some fun with this, okay? Let's go ahead and. Uh, pick the bean on the bones here a little bit. Here's another scenario. The team takes team uh, two. I have it flipped here to show different sides. Uh, team two takes the third point, then takes the fourth point. They get two points here. Team then loses the fourth point. The other team gets one, then loses the third point. The game ends at that. What we're saying here is that you can have the midpoint at the end of the game and not win because you didn't do this. Is that right? Is it wrong? I've, I've kind of talked a little bit about this with some prior to the show, and the idea of rape and pillage comes into my mind. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you it's, a sick it's mind. I got a sick mind. I got a sick mind. And then the game starts, both Christmas of you holidays. have... Ah, I gotta take a sip of eggnog for that one. It's almost gone, yeah. but anyway. Everyone's gonna come to your door this year. Lump of coal. Yes. <laughs> if you look at the game that you start with home territory and enemy territory, and then this neutral no man's land. If I have captured no man's land, and I have gone into your enemy territory, and I have pillaged, I have ransacked, I had my way with your women... And then you just push me back and all you get in return is a no man land. But hey, my stock's safe. My women are happy. I win. Now, if we are going back and forth multiple times and it's all on your side, it's going to reflect it. Because remember, the 2-1 is going to set up. Now, we can get into a scenario here when you can have fun with this, where you can have a tied score system. What they didn't address then is what do we do during the scores. But I don't know. I, I think this might be something that we'll see how the organized competitive team, if they do implement it, winds up using it. Um, I think you can get definitely where what I would like to see is, um, hey, we played on a map and it wasn't just one map you know, takes all. We flip sides and we see how you do as allies, how I do as allies, and we sum up the total points, and that determines the victory condition for now, that series. let me play a little devil's advocate here. That's why I'm I got you here. here. Ninja Pulver, really good point. 
what's to say anything changes if you just cap the midpoint and hold it? Yeah, Nothing. very much so. Nothing. Nothing. It's, it's so the same static game as, you know, earlier. Well, I mean, if the strategy is not ultimately changing for a win, why not just build up the midpoint? Why not just hold the midpoint, right? Play a little active defense, secure your flanks, because, well, they'll only get an outpost, right? So yeah. it's, it's, it's still counterintuitive to the point of, hey, we want to see this go back and forth. And there have been plenty of games, yes, that validate the system where you go to four and you're on their last point and they bring the miraculous comeback mm-hmm. to take you all the way back to the midpoint and they get it and they, they win. That is a hell of a game, in my opinion. It's good. I've been on those few and far between, but those are the you best remember games them. I've ever you played. Remember them. Yeah. I, you, you definitely do. You carry that with you. But in this system, you're basically punishing any any competent team that's like, oh, you know, we were slow to start, we didn't get mid-cap, then we fell asleep on our nose, blah, 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 blah. Well, then we woke up a new machine towards the last 30 minutes of the game, and we swept them back to the midpoint. Why is that not being rewarded when, oh, we, well, what's the point, right? A team could look at this, and, and players are like, why bother, right? Yeah, I've got, I've got 30 minutes left in this game. They've already got us down to our last point. Why not just let the game go? Because even if we were to drive them back, we've got 30 minutes to take the midpoint, which has already been bunkered up and likely has all their nodes that they've been churning out to attrition, you guys. And then we got to take their fourth point just to tie the game. Where's the incentive uh, to give these players the desire to win these games in the last throws? I love to see those games won in the last final five minutes because those are the most fun. Anybody can argue uh, that, but I honestly, I'd I'd rather play a game where I'm down and come back and take it uh, than a game that I steamroll, right? That's just just business as usual. And if the raping and pillaging metaphor didn't work for you, I think the other good one is to look at it from a sports perspective. If you have two halves in a game and the first half one team puts up you know, 28 points, scores four touchdowns. Um, and in the second half, they just get shut out. They didn't do anything. Their teams come back having momentum. They clearly, you know, if the game would have lasted longer, it would have won. But they only put up 21 points in the second half. We're all going to agree that, well, the first half counts just as equally as the second half. And from that aspect, I don't necessarily mind this. I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I I was a little surprised they added this into the meta conversation and maybe they're just dropping it in here to say, let's just kind of see if anybody reacts to this before we do it out. I, I will tell you, if they do make it live, um, we're going to have to do a segment of all oh, the chat be a screens. There'll be a segment, no. and again, more time into the future. Let's uh, let's go on to our next points here. I've got a segment I'm looking really forward to, and I think this will be discussed further in the future. Let's move. I'll keep it moving along there, and John. I agree. I agree. Uh, and let's see. Actually, I got it up and running here in OBS. Keep the show so, going, in Chad. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what you got going on over there, but so we're show gonna, to we're, run here. We're gonna go ahead and let a, uh, give give some love to Maury here. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and cut this uh, live and do the transition again. Uh, but uh, so so here we go. So 
that is everything uh, in regards to the points. I think we, we need to move on to the next segment. Uh, we, you know, part of the show, we definitely want to try to be able to throw out any tidbits of knowledge or information uh, for you. And one of the first ones I like to bring on is something that, frankly, I didn't, I didn't even think about, but one member of the training camp did. Uh, it is on the forums. Once again, post is going to be in the show notes or shown in here below. Uh, go to the HLTC forum if you want to see exactly where this is coming from. But what Dr. Duke, I mean, last show, Digi, we had the good doctors that showed us the hit calculations. Doctor. It's doctor. Now I'd like to introduce Dr. Duke and his property is an analysis of smoke related data or data. Is it data or data? It's data, buddy. It's data. Okay. Is this that data is a Star Trek character? Even, even across that northern white line, it's it's data. It's, it's always been data. It's data. So, it's data. So let's go into this. Uh, without looking at this, Digi, what are the three ways to deploy smoke? Uh, three ways to deploy smoke? Glad you asked. Well, you got grenades, you've got artillery, and you got the Jumbo 75. What did you say? A tank? Not all good for it. Is it just a tank yeah, and shoot smoke? Just this one tank. Uh, one side benefits from this, of course, the allies. And I think I only get like 20 rounds of smoke, maybe even less than that. I, I, I don't even recall. Uh, yeah. That. It's uh, not really that significant. But six oh rounds. my god, this, six. This, the 75 jumbo, it's going to need to be shooting that round of smoke at uh, some of the bigger armor <laughs> to get away in a lot of cases with that armor uh, patch that they put in. So it's. Yeah. So let's go through this. He hit the three, and uh, here in the guide, he does hit the three, two, and he, he goes through and kind of gives a little bit of properties about the smoke. So for the artillery, it actually plumes, and when I mean plume, uh, you know, the smoke actually at full envelopment takes up the space after the, the canister lands. That's the plume. Uh, plumes in a more kind of circular or teardrop shape, and we're going to show you an image later, later on, and lasts for two minutes. You know, I never sat there, did the time to waste to, to see how smoke goes. Dr. Duke did that for us. And it's a slow disappear and size reduction, okay? Uh, if for those that, you know, this costs five ammunition as opposed to three HL. So if you're if a commander or artilleryman worrying about the munitions there at the end, just realize you don't necessarily want to go crazy with these smoke rounds. Then you have the Jumbo 75. Digi, you, you talked about this one. You know, it is, it's six rounds total. So it's not a lot. So six. you're going you're oh, to be, yeah, be able to use it for basically maybe one, two assaults uh, for that. Uh, the smoke actually plumes taller, which we're going to show you pictures here, uh, and lasts two minutes, but is a quick disappear, not that slow fading of the artillery. Uh, so be, realize that if you if you're running towards the smoke and all of a sudden you just lose your cover, that might have been a 75 round. Uh, and then uh, finally, we're going to go back up here. You have your infantry smoke grenades. Uh, this is something I didn't realize until I was reading this, which I want to make sure we highlight. The smoke always plumes, regardless of what map, to the east and northeast direction. So it's not this nice little circular thing. It always, the wind always blows in one place, north or northeast, or sorry, east or northeast, regardless of the map. It is a one-minute duration on grenade smoke. So half the time, smaller canister, makes sense, right? So I've said all this. What is actually does this look like? Okay. There's our smoke uh, grenade that our infantry is clearing. Pretty nice. A little round plume of smoke. We're all used to that. Here's our artillery smoke. A little bit more of a teardrop. Now, here's one thing I want to highlight that I think might get some more play in the 75s. Look at the height of the 75 smoke round here. 
This, I mean, it kind of cleans the clouds. This is a little bit more. That's like a three-story building. That's what yes. that's doing. That's that going up there. Thing. That is something. If you're assaulting a hard point, throw that at the base of a building, and all of a sudden that machine gunner in the third floor, Nothing. he may not, he, yeah, he's not going to be able to see. Here is where I think the real kind of nugget comes in. So I talked about the way the smoke grenade, the plume, the teardrop. Here's your smoke grenade from an overhead perspective. Duke walked this out on the map to be able to get this. That grenade lands. It's actually going to teardrop to the, uh, sorry, spread to the east and northeast. Artillery smoke is going to come in in a teardrop, and your jumbo smoke is actually going to be creating that wall. Uh, so that's uh, that's interesting. Also, what's putting on here, he does have uh, the different radius for the smokes. So if you want to make sure you get a right one, what distance you got to put in between them. I thought that was interesting. Something educational I really want to put out. Uh, we're going to try to have these little tidbits and nuggets on it. Uh, did you anything that you say uh, for the good doctor or uh, in regards well, to smoke? Well, Dr. Duke's in the chat right here. Uh, he's saying that the plumes the, that, that direction for like 15 seconds, that it turns back into the circle uh, and that's why he's You're, a doctor he also forgot to mention what a psychological effect the artillery smoke sound can blow up your eardrums um in real life that's a real tactical play i've had moments where i've had to lift my headset off of my ears as continuous rounds of smoke uh fall on, on right beside me um lest i bleed so <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of play and smoke is super critical in those pushes and drives me and the infantry squad leader, as I do typically, I'm using about 10%. Yeah. But and, and, and that's something that even as a squad leader, use it if you need it. I always try to, like, in my mind, like, I feel, you know, I got to use smoke more. I got to use smoke more. To me, that's really what separates good players from great players is the effective application of smoke in the right situations. Uh, anything that, you know, interrupts lines of sight, where to put it. He has a couple things down here at the end about where it's most effective. Uh, a little tidbit on it uh, that he put in. Um, you can actually nudge a smoke grenade by uh being on the ground and crawling. Did not know that, but he put it out there. I don't see it being applied, but hey, good to know. We tested it all. The good we doctor. The good doctor. And, and thank, mean, thank you, Dr. Duke. We we appreciate all the research you put in. You do not need to be a doctor to make this informative section on the show. You do not. <laughs> it's just the way it's been uh, so far. We'll accept master students um, and maybe a couple <laughs> other graduates. But thank you, Dr. Duke. We appreciate the insights for the smoke. I really, I think it's a, it's a vital play when it's absolutely needed. Um, it can make or break the engagements on the um, on the battlefield and making those and, presses. And once so, again, that's, uh, that's on the forums. On well, that's on, the, on forums. the forums. <laughs> but whose forums is it on? It's on HLTC, which... How, how, do, how do you get there again? I, I'm not sure. I think you go to the HLTC uh, website, click on forums, it'll be there. But, you know, I, 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 for those that don't know HLTC or don't know a lot about different organizations, the other thing that we love to do on the show going forward is to do interviews. Um, so... Why we t why we pointed to this, and this show is brought to you by the training community. I thought, what would be more fitting than having the founders of HLTC uh, on this show for our first interview? So, with that, a I good stash go and good glasses. Get yes. ready for it. There Coming it is. To you live. If you have not seen the faces behind the names, did you? Why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? Oh, we got up here in the top right. Uh, just directly across from me here is uh, the good godsend. He's the founder of the HLTC training camp, uh, Discord community. What doesn't he do? He's web development. He's done various production videos. 
very instructional videos on the YouTube channel. Without further ado, I mean, Godson, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, man in the glasses, the shades. Uh, he is here right across from me. And just below him, we've got a Venus, early, early leader and developer of a lot of great events. Uh, the Invitational we a big play into. Um, he's really the brains of the operation when it comes to a spreadsheet. You just say spreadsheet and he will appear. Folks. He's got I mean, so he's... much brains. He needs <laughs> extra large headphones to keep him in. That's, that's, that's right, actually exactly. what it's for. <laughs> so, no further ado, we have Godsend and we have Abinas, two of the founding members of the Hell Let Loose training camp. Uh, welcome, guys. Away. Welcome. Hey, uh, really happy to be here, guys. Thanks uh, for bringing us on the show. This is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having us. This is great. So, uh, you know, when I when when I came to the train camp and talked to you, you guys are uh, used in the same sense over Godson and uh, Abinus uh, on that. Uh, I, I have to ask first off, how did you two meet? What was your first date like? Was it you know was it on Discord or what was that first conversation when you were just Why was it Rose? Like what yeah. what really? <laughs> well, tell me tell me about the genesis of you two. Well. Uh, if I can lead on this one, I actually uh, I met Avenus in on Foymap uh, back when there was only like four maps or something like that. Uh, it might have been three maps actually at that time. Uh, and I remember running with this group, and I remember his name specifically, the Abinus thing. And um, one of the things that I remember too is that we were moving through Southern, and we were basically wrapping around to um, to get the Germans middle cap or middle spawn. We we're kind of like closing them in. But as I looked at the map, our line in the woods there was unbelievable. And I remember thinking, wow, these guys, this is like exactly how we should be playing this game. And that was before any of the videos. And um, also the, the comms were fantastic. And I think Abnus literally asked me, hey, um, God, you know, you should uh, maybe stop by our Discord. And I'm like, what the hell is Discord? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was in the beginning. I had no idea what he was talking about. And so I lost track of him after that match. And then um, we yeah. uh, bumped into each other later, and he can explain that. Yeah, so um, so while, like, Godsend kind of, like, you know, the prologue is, like, uh, Godsend popped in for a match with the, the group that I had been playing with um, and kind of saw it in action. Uh, and, um, you know, over... Basically, from when Hell Let Loose uh, went into early access up until about October or so of last year, we were playing uh, me and Random and uh, a bunch of others, Delinium, um, that are that are big members of the camp now. We were all playing together uh, over on a different Discord, uh, and you know, for a while we were like, yeah, like we'll just play here. Um, and then over time, I was like, you know, we're actually pretty good. You know, we actually could maybe really do something here. Like, there's a lot of skill here. We're playing together a lot. Uh, there's good chemistry. Uh, and then um, I I had found Godsend's video on YouTube, and it was pinned to the subreddit. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. I played with him. Um, and uh, I just reached out to him. I was like, you know, I've got, you know, 10, 15 guys. You know, I'd really like to bring them over to uh, your... At this point, he had created the Discord. I'll let him talk about that, but... Um, you know, I, I brought him over and, uh, you know, two days in, I, I had a group of like 20 people playing in one of our voice channels. And I think that's when it hit Godsend that like, we really have something here. So, uh, the rest is history as they say, but, um, yeah, it, it was really fun to kind of do it organically and, and, uh, 
if if random and stellidium in the group were, were on call here, they would they would definitely be echoing the same sentiment. They, they'd be, so. they'd awesome. be bashing you. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, um, in your zone words, let's start with Godson. Like, what is the HLTC to you? Well, um, being uh, this, the the founder, big oh, daddy. Well, originally, it was I didn't know that you had to have like a Discord in order to even join servers, kind of thing. So. I kept asking some of the guys, you know, what do you think? But a lot of the guys that I had in the Discord were all head guys of other teams. Like, uh, we had Dynamite. We had, um, uh, oh, what's his fucking name? Oh, shit. Obviously, right, somebody anyway. very important to the establishment. Obviously, very important. important people. Yeah, I was so important. Oh, that was bad. But anyway, um, uh, so yeah. Prop so, soundboard. Uh, Moderator. I, then when I, I when I published the first video that which was about control by sector, um, because people just didn't seem to understand how the sectors actually work, so I created that video. The video went crazy. Everybody was loving it, and I was like, oh my god, maybe we should just use this Discord to elevate the gameplay of all players across the board. Um, it had really small base at the time, and I had understood from Steam that a lot of the the base was leaving the game for whatever reasons. So I was like, well, if we elevate the gameplay across the board for everybody by informing the player base, then the game will get better for everybody and retention will go up. And that's literally what the HLLTC started off as. Um, going into character and trying to basically do that in a positive pro-dev, which actually we coined all of this, the pro-dev, pro-game, um, pro-wider community environment, um, and, and maintaining that and then you know, recruiting people for that specifically, um, that became the mission. So we started yeah. off with informing a player base, and then we ended up with doing it all in a positive light and ensuring that that culture gets propagated. Um, in a nutshell, is the no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm happy to uh, see it grow and influence, and more people be helped. I know for me, it was a new thing. You know, concept uh, community of communities, somebody that's you know we we support all. So, uh, Abinus, as, as you now you're launched you got this set up you're getting the infrastructure uh what was the hardest thing for you as a as a client you know a community leader uh that you encountered that maybe would give some help to somebody else that's looking to uh, or advice to somebody else that's looking yeah, to start how, a community? what was your early development stages like i mean what came into the thought process what formed your ideas of what would make a good competitive community um out there to support anybody that needed it I think uh, for me, I got, you know, I, I think starting a gaming community is like equal parts luck and skill. Mm -hmm. um, like we got lucky and by we, I mean me and Godson, we got lucky in the sense that um, we had a ridiculously solid group of players to start with that were equally invested and really wanted to see, you know, a gaming community succeed. And that really helped a lot. Um, and, you know, and it speaks volumes that, that my replacement, um, is random and he's one of the like very first people that I played hell at loose with like at all. So, um, you know, he's been around a long time. He, he knows the game inside and out just like me and we played together a lot. So, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge was making sure that we had the regular activity in order to sustain the kind of competitive play that we were looking to do long-term. And the only way to do that is to be on Discord every single night, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I basically, you know, if I think back to like how I spent, you know, September, you know, through January of last year, it was pretty much I was on HLL almost every night uh, playing with everybody and, and, you know, 
you know, leading tank columns and, and, you know, having everyone follow me around on Omaha beach in like a single file line. Um, and, and that, that kind of content and that kind of play that was a great game, right? Um, uh, memories. <laughs> that, that, that kind of content in play is, is really, um, it's the, it's, it's one of the most difficult things to do because it has to be like, you can't force it. Like people who force gaming communities, don't always get what they want. And I think what made this place work really well is that like Godson and I happen to have very similar philosophies on what a successful gaming community really looks like um, and, and how to implement and, and do it. And uh, we just had the right group to start. So for anyone who's looking to start a gaming community, uh, make sure that you're not doing it alone. You're, you're going to need seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, 10, 12 people who can really help you round the clock uh, with ideas and, and content and, uh, and play. Oh, I would say, I, I, yeah, I would say, I mean, the energy level up. Yeah. I, 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 if you're looking to start a community, you're looking to start anything, do not think you could do it alone. I, I know for even this show, I'd had to have that man above me right there, uh, Digi, to have that, even just bouncy ideas and, oh. and share the workload. I mean, I, I, I think that's really a, a really good piece of advice. If you're going to be a commanding uh, officer, it, it, take it from the XO. word you're trying to develop community. What, what does that take? Well, it's, it's more than one person right there. I mean, I think structurally, you know, you got to have those brains, got to have somebody dedicated to the spreadsheet. And that's literally what we have used <laughs> Venus on. Um, I mean, organization through those levels, it goes, uh, it goes miles. And really when you have that down, I, I think you've got some sort of special announcement for us. Um, kind of what's come around the corner that's got all, all us up on our uh, toes uh, to hear what you got for us, Venus. So, um, I am, I'm looking forward to hosting the next uh, HLL International Cup in the summer of 2021. Um, we had originally planned, and I had originally told uh, some of the teams involved that we were, that we were aiming for February. Uh, that is no longer realistic for a couple of reasons, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but the summer is really kind of the, the sweet spot for me personally. And I think it's the sweet spot for most of the gaming community for the, the 18 v 18 tournament. We're hoping to expand it to include a few more teams this time around. Um, so there'll be more information coming about that in the, in the coming months. Uh, I hope to have something solid by like maybe mid February as to what exactly the plan might be. Um, but we, we definitely want to do it and we are looking to do it. And, um, you know, while we were kind of the pilot program for it, and, and it was my, you know, my child, so to speak, and in, in terms of creating it and, and doing the organization for it and, and making it happen, uh, for the, the 2021 iteration, we're definitely going to be looking to work with some partners and other gaming communities to help us throw together. Uh, it was a lot for me to kind of handle uh, in the in the way that I was handling it. I was also moving into this house that you currently see behind me while the while the tournament was happening. So there was just a lot going on. Uh, so definitely moving forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to having some partners, not only within the training camp, but other gaming communities that, that are looking to take part. Oh, how awesome. that was so much fun. That 18 v 18 play style with core emphasis on gunplay. What more could you ask for? I mean, I was uh, just such a pleasure to play last go around. I'm looking for the, the second iteration with a bigger involvement from more groups, more clans, more communities. I, I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I look forward to the next one. Indeed. So, uh, Abinus, I'd like to get your 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 take on it. We kind of teased a little bit earlier in the show, talking about you know competitive scoring and things of this nature. Uh, but you know, not that. Where do you see the competitive scene 
going or the organized gameplay going in Hell Let, uh, Hell Let Loose uh, after being involved in that 18v18 and running it? Um, I think there's a couple different directions it could go. And, and if you had asked me this question six months ago, I think I would have had a different answer. Um, but I think the last six months in particular, um, you know, stretching back to like when we started the 18v18 tournament up to now, we've now completed the winter seasonal hosted by WTH. Um, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, we completed the fall seasonal hosted by WTH. Now we're moving into the winter edition. Um, you know, competitive play has definitely got its home in Hell Let Loose. I think the, the struggle that the developers might be having is that it's tough to balance a game around only your competitive players and not your casual players. And I think that's where Hell Let Loose is in kind of an interesting place as a game it, it's it's trying to be both competitive and casual at the same time in one game mode which is i think is a challenge um but at the same time it's it's the game is in such a place that you can you can play it the way that you want to play it if you just want to pop in onto a pub server on omaha and you know role play captain winters on the beach like you can do that you know oh, or, yeah. <laughs> or if you want to you know be the serious you know super super serious like you know you know, tight comms, you know, like, you know, calling every single ping, you know, all that stuff. There's a, there's a place for that too. So um, I think competitive play is only going to get better in Hell Let Loose. I think the thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is, um, you know, will there, you know, as the game continues, to, once the game leaves early access officially, are we going to see, you know, the addition of a, of a new game mode of some kind that maybe tries to give the competitive players their own kind of home that's separate from the balance of what the casual atmosphere might be. Because you see that uh, in most games that have the competitive side. You have a casual mode and you have a competitive mode. And you can change the rules in each one to make them, you know, better fit the, the you know, what is needed in that specific kind of game mode. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think there's a lot of potential. The game is really just kind of getting started. We haven't even gotten to the Eastern Front yet. That's on the way. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think there's so much potential for competitive play, and that's why I'm I'm really looking forward to both the Winter Seasonal, which I hope to maybe pop in for a few matches for uh, to represent us, and also, um, you know, for the the Summer International Cup. Good. Wonderful. Good. Uh, Wonderful. So, God, before before we uh, kind of wrap up this segment, and I think we're gonna maybe do a little bit of bonus here uh, afterwards. Uh, but God, as it comes to content creation and the HL community, um, it just seems that it's almost exponentially growing uh, as far as who's putting out what and more people would be involved, things of that nature. Um, where do you see the kind of like, do you see the content just sticking around like help guides, uh, videos? Do you see anything else coming that possibly uh, the community can help generate outside of what the developers are doing? Well, uh, the base content that you're seeing all the time is always going to be the informational content. Information uh, as content is the uh, that's a rising market across the board. Whether you're putting a battery in your car or you know trying to teach regular players how to play the game better, um, informational content is always going to be a thing. And because we are constantly, the game is constantly changing. Uh, we just saw that in UA, radically different game, right? Radically different game. Um, I, I just jumped in the competition with you guys yesterday and I was like, whoa, how do I do this? You know? And, uh, I used to lead in terms of information on this game. So now I'm behind the curve, but it's always going to be information based. Um, I think the only time that you're really going to see a big change is if we actually do get the admin spec cams, because then you're going to see a radical 
um, change in the type of content that you can actually create. You're going to see more cinematics, which would be nice, where people are actually telling oh, stories baby. with the game. How much fun Don't would that be, right? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? What would you do with the free cam? The game you know? is cinematic. Those new bombing runs are just gorgeous. They knock yeah. those out of the park. And when you shut everything off, well, actually, in a, in a spec admin cam, you probably wouldn't even have HUD options of any kind, so you would really be seeing the game from points of views and perspectives that you just... I mean, you could really, the, the, the bar would be, you know, it, it would be up to the creative genius of anybody creating content to really just push the bar as far as they could possibly push it. You could do anything, uh, really, you really could. And I have it on good authority that a spec cam is actually already been produced. Um, I guess they were looking to maybe deliver it at U8 or maybe if they could squeeze it in. Um, it didn't happen, unfortunately, but um, it's supposedly coming down the road. But at the end of the day, it's either going to be informational or some sort of cinematic. And then, you know, when it's cinematic, it can be anything. You'll get funny, goofy movie. Um, you'll get all kinds of good stuff. Um, you know, and that's really going to be it. I think we've already, as a camp, we've set the bar pretty high. We've done just about everything. Um, and now you're seeing the benefit of that where everybody is like, oh, well, look at that. I can do better. And so they're all trying. Um, the the influx of content and the, the rapid increase or uh, in the amount of content being generated is is honestly I think that's proportionally um, like, that's a proportion of the base. Um, whenever the base grows, you, there's more opportunity, and so people start creating content for the larger base, and that's why you're seeing that increase. People now see this as an opportunity. Hell at loose is growing, and they see the, the you know that there's there's something to gain for creating content for this for this group, and a lot of people love the game clearly. You can't love, you can't create content for a game you don't love, so that's awesome. But as far as um, what's coming down the road, it's really the spec cam. Otherwise, you're just going to see the same old stuff all the time. You guys are actually creating some novel content. This is brand oh, new stuff stop right here. It. Stop, stop it. it. Stop. It really is. I don't know. I don't see this anywhere else. Uh, you know, so that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty cool. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, and, and not only, I appreciate you guys coming on uh, for the show, being our first guests. On the uh, Hell Let Loose uh, or Hell Let's Talk uh, show, hopefully many more episodes. You guys were the OGs of the training camp. You're the OGs of uh, this talk show. Uh, before I, I get you guys out of this segment, uh, any final thoughts, comments, uh, shout-outs you want to give before uh, we uh, sign off here? <laughs> um yeah, I'd actually like to give a shout-out to Yoman Joe. Uh, the other day in that comp oh competitive boy. match, I have never seen anybody enjoy truck, uh, truck driving so much. He missed his calling. I could, the only time he got out of the truck was to plant a, an OP for us to get to him so that we could build the stuff that he was dropping off the supplies. So uh, that was a lot of fun to see. Uh, he used to be a rooftop monkey. He used to jump around on the rooftops and sniping. He was part of a yeah. red team. But now don't, I, I think... don't blow his head up too big. Eh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna be driving trucks for a living. So. We're gonna have to get a trucker hat, the trucker hat award, you know. Trucker for yeah, life. To, to that whole infrastructure team, because in reality you have a whole new squad now. You have the infrastructure squad, which is the truck driving squad leader, um, the engineer. Uh, supply guy, which is almost, I didn't even drop, no, I dropped one set of supplies. And then we had um, Julu, our new man Julu, who was, uh, or Joylu, who was helping out, um, but it was a four-man flex infrastructure squad. So that was a radical new squad based on the last few eight. So shout out to Yoman Joe for showing me how this new meta operates because I was in the dark about it. It was very cool. Very cool experience. Awesome. Abinus? Uh, I think the only thing I want to add is just a, a thank you to the entire, uh, specifically the HLTC community. I mean, uh, you know, reading the chat earlier made me realize, you know, Maury, 
uh, who's doing the post-production for you guys. I mean, he's somebody I pulled in over the summer after playing with him. Um, you know, uh, Inchon, me and you had a conversation over the summer during the, right before the, the tournament got started and we brought you in and it made me realize how many of the people that are here have, have kind of resulted from personal connections that I've made within the game. So, um, it's really awesome to see all of you kind of embrace the, the, the message and, and the positivity that we're, we're working on here and bringing it kind of full sail into the, into the wider community. So, awesome. um, 100% I can't. You can't say enough i wouldn't be playing this game today if i didn't have a community i tied into so thank you gentlemen you guys have made it all uh for the benefit of everybody so cheers to you and uh have a happy holidays a venus a venus and uh god <laughs> cheers guys yeah, go ahead and stick around we'll get you on the after show after this but uh digi uh let's go ahead and uh Get to a little bit of our uh, a Christmas. I, I, you know, you, you did the cheers, did you? I'm almost wondering, do we need to tell our guests that they need to bring an alcoholic beverage or a drink of choice? <laughs> well, something. I'm just I, saying, I, if you want to finish. It's never hurt nobody, right? It is the holiday season. <laughs> it is the holiday season, and uh, let's go out with a little bit of a holiday segment, if you will, Digi. I'll uh, ask, ask you a question. What's on your mind for this Christmas? What do you want the most out of the let loose? Uh, you know, if, if, I, if, if it wasn't like copyrighted, I would bring in the All I Want for Christmas song, you know. And hey, watch it now. Don't de- DMCA. You've got a jail now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> What is it, Mariah Carey? You know, cue the Mariah Carey. But anyway, whatever. If if I was to get, if I was to go under my hell let loose training camp Christmas tree or my hell let loose uh, Christmas tree, and just find that one little special gift and and pull the ribbon and open it up, and inside, I found free luck, the ability oh, to walk Lord. forward and look right. Or look left. I think the neck is a very valuable thing, and I would love to see free look implemented in the game. That would be that would just be my Christmas gift if the developers could just give us that. Just a little, to- just a little bit. And I gotta say, I'm very similar to Chuck Mind. I want free look, like it is the supply truck and the transport truck. Why can I look left and I can look right as I'm driving this truck? But go the extra step with free look. And give me the ability to mark stuff out from the truck. Um, I want to be able to, because I'm, I, I can handily say I've played a lot of trucking. Uh, it's been a truck driver simulator for me the last week or so. I've probably put in about 20 hours in the supply truck, um, commanding general logistics. Give me the ability. I drive past so many abandoned tanks, so many abandoned supply trucks. Let me be able to mark it as I see it, as I drive by it and try and avoid the AT rockets. Um, yeah. Let me be able to mark out as on the move uh, with the scroll wheel uh, pattern from the supply truck or the transport truck. Anything I see, if I find a garrison, I can't take it down because uh, I'm trying to avoid them rockets. I want to make sure it's noted before I get blown up. Um, yeah. That's that's my number one. I got a few more. You got a few I'll more. Go back to you. I'll go back to you if you've got any more... What do you want from Hell Out Loose for this Christmas? So if I, if I had to go under that Christmas tree, I guess mine's over on this side, your Christmas tree's on the other one. Uh, if I had to go in and get that second little gift, you know, when your parents, you say, hey, I think there's one more gift. Did Santa leave behind the tree? To me, it would be to simplify the cap 
And I, you know, this kind of came to me as a later one. We talked about it earlier at 250 meters. I think the whole zones, the cap impact, you know, the four grid squares, but then you get inside here, you get a multiplier and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't think the community understands it, the majority of the community. And frankly, I think the way the maps are played out, I, I just, just give me a simple defensive structure. Um, and I, I, think, I think we're golden there. I would, that would be a happy, happy day. What's on your second gift there, Digi? Oh, God. If, I, if, I, if I'm lucky enough and we can get the community-wide uh, gift that keeps on giving, please, let, I love the blueprints. I love the nodes that you can have them. Hey, this is where I need supplies. Make it green. and Or nodes pre-built. Especially in offensive mode, please just remove those nodes. If, if the territory is lost, I'm thinking Omaha Beach. I'm thinking any offensive mode where you've built up those nodes, a smart team is not going to destroy them for you because they give you a net zero as soon as you've lost the territory. Don't take that node limit and use it against us. Let yeah. us reestablish those nodes, have a more enjoyable game, and use that full uh, component of node building that we can do. Um, <laughs> and I'm a little bit selfish, but I'm going to say one more thing. Recon planes, I love them, but for love of God, please give me another symbol for when you see a supply truck in a recon plane. I don't want to think it's a tank. I've played way too many commander runs and, and and looked at the map after doing a recon plane and wondered, well, gee, there's like six tanks there. No, <laughs> give me another symbol. Make it a square. If you've got, if you're going to use the diamond for the tanks. Give me another shape for just a supply truck or a transport truck so I don't get that false information. Um, I think a recon plane, it's flying a camera image. Give me another symbol, please. Yeah. please. So so that's our two gifts under the, Chris, the Christmas tree that we would like from Hell Let Loose. Uh, definitely in the show comments here in chat, put your, your two Christmas gifts that you would like out. But Digi, uh, this show has been uh, uh, fun. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, uh, before we do that, uh, kind of tease a little bit coming to what's the next episode. Uh, we got, uh, our guest is actually gonna be wild bill jamming, uh, on January 3rd. Hell yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, look, I look forward to that one. It is. It Very is. Much. Uh, love, love his videos, hate his videos, regardless, he's going to make you think. Uh, and, uh, we, we would definitely respect that. And anybody that gets the attention of the developers, you know, he's doing something right. So we're going to go ahead and bring him on, talk a little bit about his videos, maybe how he does it, things of that nature. Uh, maybe jump into a little bit of, uh, the, the uh, commander roles, give a little bit of an education, a little helpful uh, tips there. And of course, debrief, all your news, all your analysis, Digi. Right here, baby. It's right here, baby. It's all right here. You know here. what it is. Hell, let's talk. Indeed. Take care. Until next time. Wrap.